you want to get in on the action, we want to hear from you. Email us at faderoutemail at gmail.com with your questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. We're on Instagram too. Slide in our DMs at Fade Route Podcast. Get at us. Welcome to the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Fade Route with D and Z. I am Z, and we're gonna get to last night's football game because there was really nothing to speak of outside of that Teddy Bridgewater hit to the head. But uh, there's a little bit of a sea change here in Major League Baseball as Steve Cohen was approved by the owners to become the new owner of the New York Metropolitans, kicking Fred and Jeff Coupon to the curb. But that does not make it any easy, uh, any easier as a Met fan. Of course, there had to be some bullshit before we got what we wanted. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes, the last QB in St. John's history flight crew through and through. What's up, D? How's it going? Hey, man. So there's new ownership in the New York metropolitan area. And all I can say is it's about time. Fred and Jeff Wilpon got ripped off by Bernie Madoff and tanked (laughs) the franchise for a fucking decade. And we had to be happy with scraps. While the Yankees... We're able, I mean, I don't want to come off as a jealous Met fan, but you know what? Screw it. I'm going to come off as a jealous Met fan. The Mets have to take guys on the downside of their career or make good or guys who haven't been good in like two or three years on make good contracts. And we don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to settle for that anymore as Met fans. And you know what? I want Trevor Bauer. I want JT Real Muto. Brad Hand. The, the Indians just got rid of Brad Hand. Hell, you know what? Trade for Nolan Arenado. I don't care. This guy has the pockets to do it. He's like Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer could could do whatever the hell he wants because he's got the the money to to do it, you know? But Mayor de Blasio, what the hell are you doing? Trying to shake down this guy because of the chop shops around the stadium. He wasn't buying the area around the stadium. He was buying the stadium and the team. There's nothing to do with the chop shops. You know what? If, if that's what it, what it was all about, if that's what all the nonsense was, or just trying to get your name in the paper, screw it. Save it. I don't want to hear it. I don't like you anyway. I didn't vote for you last time, and I can't wait till you're out of office. Uh, I mean, I play devil's advocate here. I know, you know, the, the Wilpons have been involved with the Mets since the 80s. We had 1% ownership. They won the 86 World Series. Uh, then they took, you know, more of a leading role, 50% ownership. Got to the 2000 World Series. They got to they got the City Field deal done 2009. They built a beautiful stadium. It's uh, for anybody who's not familiar with it, it's much nicer than Yankee Stadium. It's really uh, fan friendly, family friendly, affordable, very nice. Feels like you're on the field whenever you go. 2012, you get the first no-hitter in Mets history with Johan Santana. Which wasn't then, a no-hitter, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, and then and then they get to, you know, a 2015 World Series. I mean, yeah, I mean, 
it hasn't been as glamorous as the Yankees, but their ownership wasn't as bad as some other teams. Not as bad. They usually usually are top 10 payroll until the whole Bernie Madoff thing happened, which I could understand. The guy lost a ton of money. It was a bad mistake. And, you know, he had a difficult time navigating the last few years and just trying to, you know, stay above water with billions of dollars, you know. Um, But I'm I'm happy to see him go because I want want the Mets to be more competitive. Um, I don't understand, you know, all the salt in the air regarding, you know, his ownership. And then to the de Blasio thing, I mean, I get it. He's the mayor. Like, you know, he's trying to call out certain parts of the contract which would restrict ownership if the person was, you know, engaged in prohibited activities. Um, You know, I'm not surprised he's trying to strong arm the guy and just trying to tell him, hey, listen, I'm the mayor. You're on city land. If we need you to build up the area and we need you to, you know, put your fair share in, I want you to do it, you know? So I get where he's coming from. I, I, I can under, I totally understand how it can rub people the wrong way. Uh, but he's just doing his due diligence as a mayor. You know, he just wants, he wants something out of the deal. And, um, but good for the Mets. This is the guy they wanted. I believe the talks for this started back in 2012, where he kind of showed interest and he wanted to be a part of it. And then as early as last year, you know, the Wilpons wanted more say on the day-to-day responsibilities. And he was like, no, fuck you. It's going to be my team or I'm not taking it. Now, the Wilpons still have 5% ownership. They're still they're still getting a kickback and they're still going to get, you know, their rings if they do win World Series or they do well. But I'm happy for the Mets. Onward and upward. Onward and upward. I totally agree. Uh, you know what? Due diligence is fine. But the day before the vote, like, that's my thing. It's the timing of it. And it just stinks to high heaven. And you know what? I get it. There was a reported SEC violation. There yeah. were there were sniffs about sexual harassment. But yeah. you know what? With, a, with rich people, and there's a lot of them, man. You know as well as I do. Oh, yeah. They're, they're shady. They're shady people. That's how they oh, got rich. That's how they got there, man. That's how they got there. And that's how they keep it. 100%. Right, exactly. right, right, right. So, I mean, and granted, I, I, I agree with you. If the timing was terrible, you know, but he's trying to put his stake in it and say, hey, listen, I'm the mayor. Don't forget you're on city land, and I want you to do your part. You know, you do own a stadium. You do own the team, but we could use help in the surrounding areas. For sure. And he did his part, you know, it's contingent upon, you know, Signing I think off, it's, the, I think it's the highest. I think it's the highest uh, sale in major yeah. league sports, right? Like two, three over over two billion dollars. Yeah, right? almost two and a half billion dollars. Yeah. So, which I makes mean, you wonder with, with the Mets going for almost two and a half billion. What are some of these other franchises going to go for that have done a hell of a lot more than the Mets? Yeah, yeah, like, it's, that's out of control. But you know what? Onward, upward, free agency starts on Sunday. They got a lot of guys that they need to figure out if they're going to resign. I think yeah. there's like 11 guys that they really need to figure out. Hey, are we keeping these guys? Like, what direction are we it's moving true. in? And they not he just non-tendered both of the catchers. So now you have a gaping hole with your catching position. You know who else has a gaping hole with their catching position? The Tampa <laughs> Bay Rays.
It's time for the fade-in where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week. We are going to transition into the, uh, the World Series where we have a new champion, the Los Angeles Dodgers. They finally got over that hump. Congratulations to Dave Roberts, Clayton Kershaw, Justin Turner, and the boys. But it's all going to come down to that one head-scratching decision. Why did you take out Blake Snell when he is cruising and he's under 80 pitches? Yeah, no, um, you know, in, in real time, I watched the game and I saw what happened. And, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, you know, Cash is sticking to his guns. This is how they got here. He's playing the numbers. Now, visually, if you're watching it, like if it's you, if it's me, if it's La Russa, if it's, you know, uh, an old school manager, Pinella, they're going to leave him in. Uh, he, I believe he was dominating the next three pull- the next uh, three batters he's about to face, which were, they were 0 for 6, I think, with three strikeouts or something crazy like that. Yeah. But, you know, it's easy to say that now. The problem I really had with the move is that he went to Nick Anderson because Anderson had given up a run in, the, I think, the last six postseason outings. Um, Snell had not pitched more than six innings all year. In fact, if I think I rem- I'm recalling this correctly, he hadn't pitched more than six innings since July of 2019, okay? And he was allowing an OPS of 742 the third time through the order. So the numbers are there on why you're going to make the move. I can see that. But I don't think you go to Anderson in that spot. No, it, that was a – I'm not going to say it was a first guess because, you know what, it wasn't a first guess. I heard that Snell was being taken out of the game, and I thought, you know, that's a bad decision. But then he went to Anderson, and it blew up in his face. Oh. But, to, but to your point – that was Cash's move. That's what got him there. Absolutely. Yep. And you know what? It's game six of the World Series. You got possibly one more day. Sometimes you just got to. The know. other problem I had is in the post game, you know, he, he kind of regretted the move because of what happened. But I would have liked him better to say this was our plan. Right. You know, if he came out and said this was our plan, we were sticking to our plan then I'm not mad at him because it's like, okay, you know, he went into this situation knowing if he got in trouble over 70 pitches and he didn't like, he didn't like the numbers on the third time through the order, then I have no argument with him. No, nothing to complain about. But if this wasn't part of the plan and you were playing it with your gut, the gut and the numbers, then we got, you know, you're a former catcher, you know, at some point, at some point you have to say to yourself, you know what? Analytics got us here, but for one, like Billy Bean used to say, or Joe Morgan used to say, but for one game, one scenario, one situation, you could throw all that shit out the window. You know, we, you saw, even when the guy came out, when Snell came out, you saw the Dodger, the Dodger dugout, they were like, yes, thank God, you know, like Seager was like, man, thank goodness, because they didn't want to face him. They didn't want to face him again. Bets too, bets. Betts had a poor batting average against lefties this year. So, you know, um, I'm sad there wasn't a game seven. I gave Kershaw a lot of shit last week when we had our podcast, and he ponied up. In game five, he came in on Sunday, and he did his thing. So, 
hats off to him. He's got the monkey off his back. He's got his World Series. But, you know, when you think about it, you know, all the money they spent and all the, and all the and what they put together, it took them, what, four trips or three trips to get there, a strike-shortened season, uh, not a strike, a COVID-shortened season, and beating up on the first, on the fourth worst payroll in Major League Baseball to win the World Series. So you can, you can take that for whatever it's worth. Like we say when we're talking about football, you got to play the guys who are on your schedule. So you really can't, you know, do anything about the payroll aspect of it, but it's about time. And you know what? Kershaw pitched great because it was a 60-game season. It wasn't 162. He didn't have to worry about the grind of the entire season. And you know what? Credit to Dave Roberts. He saw something wasn't working, and he didn't stubbornly go back to it. He, he wasn't a slave to the, the guy's position. And I'm talking about Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen stunk. And you know what? He didn't go to him. He said, I'm going to Blake Trinan because I have a better – I have more faith in Blake Trinan getting out of this than Kenley Jansen. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes you got to move off the plan. Sometimes you got to adapt. But and- they also beat the Rays at their game. We, we talked about it last week. It was like, you know, who's going to be, who's going to be that third starter. We know what Kershaw is going to do. We know what Bueller is going to do, but for you to win the world series, you're going to have to beat them in a bullpen game. Huh? And they did. They, they threw their guys out there. And for the most part, their guys did very well. Yeah. Uh, Dustin May in particular, he made an adjustment. He came out. He was dealing out of the pen. Yeah. Good for, good so, for Wendy, man. He did a hell of a job. I mean, even when we talked about in the Braves series, I said, you know, for the Braves to beat the Dodgers, they're going to have to beat Kershaw. They're going to have to score more than five runs a game. And they're going to have to beat Jensen. They're going to have to beat this their team's closer. And the Braves weren't able to do that. Now, in this series, the Dodgers came in, and they beat the Rays at their game. So, and hats off to them. They deserve it. You know, this, this, it was a shortened season, but it was hard. It was hard. I was, it was hard on everybody involved. Um, yep. Speaking of being hard on everybody involved, you know, during the game, we all found out that Justin Turner tested positive for COVID. He was pulled in the eighth inning and then came back. With a mask on, celebrating with his teammates, mask on, mask off, kissing his wife in front of the trophy. Uh, what are your feelings on that? Well, I mean, Mr. Miyagi was there with the mask on, the mask off. But, um, I mean, at that point, they were all exposed. So I get why, you know, they were maybe a little bit lax. But still, protocols are protocols for a reason. And just because the, the season is over doesn't mean you're going to expose people to it. Because, yeah, he was around his teammates and he was around his family, but he wasn't around the other players' families. And that right. becomes a health issue, in my opinion. Right. I mean, I get that you you just won the World Series. You want to want to be with the guys. You want to be with the boys. But sometimes you just got to say, hey, you know, I need to do something. It, it, something needs to be done here for the greater good. And I'll just chill back here with my bottle of Dom and I'll shower myself with it, you know, or something, you know. But, yeah, that was irresponsible. It was in the heat of the moment. I get it. But it it was irresponsible. And you got to figure they're going to come down at least with a fine just for that, just, just for the mask. If the NFL is crushing coaches for having their nose slightly exposed, they got to come down on a guy 
who had a positive test and was out on the field. Yeah, I mean, I, I get I'm with you. I, I'm not I don't really care. Not that I don't care about the players, but you know, the players were around him in the first, third, fifth. They were around him in every single inning in the dugout, and he didn't wear a mask. It's more about the staff. It's more about the families. You know, just having some consideration. Because um, we just don't know. We don't know. We don't know anything about this thing. And I see, in my opinion, Major League Baseball was like, we didn't, I don't think they cared. They were just glad that they got to the finish line. And they're glad that the game ended in game six because if they got to game seven and there's no Justin Turner, that changes everything because he's literally the best hitter in like Dodgers postseason history. Yeah. I love, I think the guy's a phenomenal athlete, player, hitter. Um, so, and he's a free agent after this year. So part of him was probably like, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Probably not going to even, I'm probably never going to see any of these people again. You know, <laughs> he's got like LA Angel written all over him right now. Yeah, I mean, he would definitely fit in on the Angels. I mean, they have Rendon, so I'm not even, you know, they may move him to second or something like that. But, uh, yeah, Justin Turner's not long for this team. And at, at the end of the day, like, he was a good Dodger. They resurrected his career after he got cut by the Mets because, you know, Sandy Alderson didn't see anything in him. <laughs> Way to go, Sandy. <laughs> yeah. Are you watching now? Yeah. It's, you know, it's just so hard to predict those things. Um, but I really, I don't, I don't think he's going to be back. But, you know, when you, when you think about the moment, you know, you don't, you don't know if you're ever going to get to a World Series again. And it was so hard for sure. them to get there and win. It's like, you're, you've got so much adrenaline going on and you're not even, you're not even really thinking. I doubt he's thinking about that. He just wants to celebrate. He just wants to be happy with his teammates. And you couldn't threaten him with anything. And I'm sure he wasn't going to stop. No matter right. what you threatened him with, he was going to still go out there and celebrate and pop champagne and and deal with the ramifications after. That's true. What was Security going to do? Kick him yeah, out of the building? Gonna, I don't mean to fight mean, the yeah. guy. Like, what are you going to do? Like, he's no. he's going to go through you. He's he's a solid dwarf. He's big. He's a powerful guy. <laughs> he looks like a dwarf. He's got two security guards squaring up yeah. on him. Like, uh, and something something I found out yet this afternoon. It's very interesting. I mean, just like a complete non sequitur. Rob Manfred's middle initial is D. That's important. D for dumbass. <laughs> and I think that's great. That's perfect for Rob Manfred. Yeah, I mean, he's really becoming like my least favorite commissioner. Uh, I just don't like yeah. anything he's doing with the game. I don't think anybody really respects him. You know, you can say what you want about Roger Goodell. Um, you know, the players don't like him, but the owners love him because he made them a ton yeah. of money. And you know, so far with how the NFL has handled this COVID crisis, it's pretty remarkable. Um, and I think it speaks a lot to him. Um, he's a smart man, uh, and he's and he. I, I think after Deflategate, he's kind of learned that he needs to stay out of the limelight. He needs to take a step back and just be the commissioner and nothing more. I mean, we all know how everyone feels about Batman, but Batman's not a. I think Batman's one of the better commissioners too. Um, especially the way he handled the COVID crisis and the way they're moving forward with their next season. So um, Rob Manfred's yeah. fallen way behind for me. And we know, you know, um, the NBA commissioner is a, is a player's commissioner. He's, he's all about the players because he, he knows where his bread is buttered. He knows who's going to make him money. And he needs to be on the good side of his best players, you know. 
where Rob yeah. Manfred, I don't know where his loyalty lies. I don't know how he got this job. I I think his background is in legal or law but and PR, but he's ah, he's awful. He's bad at all. He's bad at all. So Man, if, you see, if, if, if you see what he, if you see the negotiations between him and Tony Clark, you would think you would you would have thought that uh, you know he, he's bad. And they lost. And, like, and he's, he's, he's total screw. I think I read somewhere they lost like three billion dollars this season, and we yeah. knew they were going to lose money, but I don't think they thought they were going to lose that much money. And you know, even basketball right now is trying to mitigate their losses for next year. Um, I think they were able to finish decent with the TV deals. But I mean, you have, they, they still you know, they baseball, still got their you lunch. Rely, eating, you, you know? rely on 162 games. You rely on tickets. You rely on a lot. Um, basketball can get around certain areas, especially if they had to shorten their season. Baseball does not have that luxury. Absolutely. And speaking of money, a guy that proved that. Granted, you you never want to say somebody's worth. Over three hundred and twenty something million I like dollars, I but well, I, I, we all like to think we are. You know what? I think we are. But uh, you know who really proved it? Mookie Betts. Like he proved that he was the finishing touch for the Dodgers this year, and it really makes you wonder. Like who's better? Like who is better? Who is better in your opinion? Mookie Betts or Mike Trout? Because Trout always gets touted as the best player in the game. Guess what, Bryce? You're off to the side now. It's now Mookie and Mike. You know, we, we talked about this before, um, you know, coming on the air today uh, in our production meeting. And, you know, look, when you say the names Betts and Trout, right away, I'm saying Mike Trout. Just the size of the individual, the, the way he plays the game, his athletic ability. But when you look at the numbers, huh? Betts? Actually, I think is the better player. Now, granted, Trout's got three seasons on him, but you look at the numbers: batting average, Betts three hundred one, Trout three hundred four, RBIs, Betts five hundred nine, Trout seven ninety eight, stolen bases, Betts one thirty six, Trout two hundred one, slugging percentage, Betts five twenty two, Trout five eighty two, home runs. Uh, Betts 155, Mike's got 302. He's going to hit over 400 home runs. It's going to be amazing. But now we come into the nitty-gritty. Mike Trout has three MVPs. That's Mm -hmm. it. Now, Mookie, he's got four Golden Gloves, an MVP, and two World Series rings. Now, I didn't include the Silver Slugger stuff because uh, it's not really – it doesn't speak to me uh, like anything else does. But to me, four Gold Gloves, that's big time. And Mike Trout, I was surprised he never any gold gloves. That is surprising, but uh, in a league where you know it's weird to defensive metrics are weird as it is. Uh, Brett Gardner is a perennial, you know, gold glove candidate. At least Clint Frazier was a gold glove candidate this year. So I don't know. Like I'm a, I'm, if you look at the eye test, and I'm a big eye test guy. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, absolutely. I'm. I got vision, and everybody's wearing bifocals, man. But uh, yeah, like I see. Like, these are two great players. You really can't split them. Like it's like splitting a hair. You really have to. You really have to nitpick. And for me, I'll take bets because you know what? He's been to the yeah. playoffs. He's performed in the playoffs. He's won a championship. He's won two. He's won in both leagues. Yeah. And you know what? For Mike Trout, 
the best player comp right now, he's Ken Griffey Jr. And there's nothing wrong with that. Ken Griffey Jr. is one of my all-time favorite yeah. players. But Jr. didn't win Me too. Let's be no, real. And injuries got the best of him. Um, but, bet, you know, if, if Corey Seager wasn't such a beast in the World Series, Mookie Betts really would have got the, the, the MVP. I mean, his base running, his hitting, his fielding was incredible in, yeah. in every round. In every round. Yeah. Really, two five-tool players, and it's a difficult if it's a difficult decision, you know. And if you're talking, it's like talking about quarterbacks. Like, are you going to look at a guy like Peyton Manning and a guy like Dan Marino? Like, Dan Marino was a great quarterback. Like, there's no slighting him, but he didn't win. No. So you kind of have to the scale. A he's on. He's on. He's on a different scale. Yeah, yeah. And right now, like Trout's on a different scale. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Right. And we just don't. You know, and you you kind of wonder does does Mike really care about that? And I used to think he did, mm. but I don't I don't think he does. I don't think he really. You know, he signed his life over to L.A. and he's yeah. gonna he's gonna sweat it out and whatever happens happens. And with with Mookie Betts, I mean, if you're Boston, I mean, how how are you feeling today? Like you got to go get another manager, and it's just like, you know. <laughs> Your former manager isn't going to walk in there now and say, oh, great, let's go, guys. He's going to be like, where's Mookie? <laughs> right. It's like, somebody's missing. <laughs> What's going on here? All right, who am I not paying her out here? Oh, my goodness. But you know what? Mike Trout is an introverted guy. There's nothing wrong with being an introverted guy, but that's why people were saying that Bryce Harper was the best player in baseball because he had that personality. And Mookie Betts has that personality. He'll – he – Relishes being in the spot, and I think that phenomenal you know, bowler. If, if some, here. Apparently, I mean, he might rival Le'Veon Bell in terms of bowling, but um, you know, he doesn't. He's not a shrinking violet, and that's a good thing when you want to grow the game of baseball, especially in communities of color. So it's just like you have a shining light here. You have a beacon that you can actually, you know, point to and say, "Hey, guys, why don't you be like me?" Yeah, and he also he but, also comes off as a nice guy where. Where Harper kinds kinds of come kind of comes off like a jerk, um, and Trout is very quiet. Um, yeah. And, and from what I from what I gather and the people I talk to, uh, Mookie is very very relatable, very nice, uh, very respectful, um, and he's he, he's going to be a Dodger for life. Same thing with Trout. Trout's going to be in L.A. forever. He ain't going nowhere. No. Well, you know what? This is going to be if. If they can find somebody else to get involved in it, it could be the new, you know, Mickey, Willie, and the Duke. You know, we could just have a, a, a West Coast version of that, like we had with the Dodgers, Giants, and Yankees were, you know, in the heyday in the 50s. We're going to transition into the NFL, and the King stands alone. There is only one undefeated team left in the NFL, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. After a Steven Gostowski missed field goal, and I'm surprised Gostowski still has a job. But that's neither that's neither here nor there. We're here to praise the Steelers, not bury the Titans. Uh, they're a very complete team right now. Chase Claypool, where the hell did he come from? Connor's running the ball like a beast. Ben is not showing any signs that his elbow is bothering him. And that defense, that defense is back to being the Blitzburg defense that we know and love. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about Ben not showing any signs of uh, his elbow bothering him, let's remember who they've played, number one. 
and his offensive line has been doing a phenomenal job. He's only been sacked eight times all year, okay? And he just went up against the Tennessee Titans, probably one of the probably the best defense he's faced all year, and they didn't sack him at all. But they did pick him off three times. I think that's mm-hmm. that was something to look at. Um, Claypool, yeah, Claypool definitely is coming out of nowhere. They definitely have a ton of athletic talent. I think they win this weekend. I know we didn't get into our pick segment yet, but I think they definitely beat Baltimore this weekend. It's kind of like they are firing on all cylinders, right? Connor's healthy, huge. Claypool comes out of nowhere. They still have Smith-Schuster. They still have uh, Johnson. The, the injuries, real, relatively low in injuries. Defense is playing phenomenal. They got a chance. They do have a chance. Absolutely. And they were my pick to go to the Super Bowl. Let's not forget that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's still early, you know. Uh, I also I picked the Lions, defender, <laughs> you know, so we have to Way give to it go. some time. Oh, I got a big hey, man, they had a nice come one, from right? behind win this weekend. No, they did. They did. I'll, I'll give them the credit that they deserve. They won that Matthew game. Stafford coming from we... behind like he's been doing it his, his whole career. Wait a minute. He has. Yeah, well, his career is Mr. Come From Behind because he's always behind. Why is why is that? Let's talk about that. I want to play that. with why a lead for once in my life. Damn it. Yeah, well, maybe when he goes to New England. Maybe he'll get it then. Oh. Speaking of New England, Cam Newton did not have another I – mean, he had another terrible game to the point where they benched him. <laughs> and Nick Foles, you know, everybody was trashy Mitch Trubisky and rightly so – Trubisky played like shit. And Foles isn't playing much better, boys and girls. Like, he may, you know, the flies may not be gathering around him as much, but <laughs> it, it's still pretty shitty. And to think that team is 5-2, and two, you wouldn't know it. That looks pretty friggin' diet right there. So, if let's put your coach hat on. Let's put your, let's put your analytic mind to get to the, work, uh, to the test. Do you bench Cam? Do you bench Foles? And go with your backups. Yeah, so you know it's interesting you say that. Um, Bill Belichick, I think, is a great manager, right? And I were great coach. Uh, I think his general manager cap is being shown as a little worn out this year. You know, he doesn't have Brady to pick up all the pieces anymore. He's got a Cam Newton that's on the rebound. And he's trying to make a lot with not a lot. You know, Julian Edelman's going to be out this weekend. He's got a bunch of players on defense that are out because of COVID. They're, you know, they, they opted out of the season. So, you know, for me, you know, I went and got Cam. I'm going to play Cam. I mean, that's why I got him. Because if you bench him, you might as well just cut him. There's no point in keeping him on the team to back up Jared Stidham. How is that going to look in the meetings? Like, what are we talking about right now? You know, um, right now it's it's really looking it's really looking bad for for Cam too. He's got he's got a, just under a thousand yards, which is 29th in the league in passing. He's only got two touchdown passes, which is 31st in the league. He's got seven interceptions, which is tied for 26, and his total QBR is 29th in the league. It's pretty ugly, but if you're, you know, I don't know, I don't know what else they could, I don't know what else they can expect from him. Like, what, what 
You don't. He doesn't have really a lot to work with now. Now, last week we thought it was all because of, um, you know, they didn't have a full week of practice. So they're like, okay, you know, for New England, they really need a full week of practice for them to, you know, be able to hone in on their competition at the time, which was the Denver Broncos. Uh, but now, the Denver Broncos. But now they go in and and you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. This week it's Buffalo. So if you lose to Buffalo, sell, sell, cut Cam, start trading for draft picks because it's a wrap. Now on the flip side, talk about Nick Foles a little bit. You know, I'm pretty sure Mitch Trubisky could have got three points against uh, against that team too. I mean, you know, he, he, Nick Foles is not looking at it like a world beater out there, and he he does have some talent around him. The problem I have with the Bears is their coach seems to think, well, we're five and two and it's okay. Well, no, Matt Nagy, it doesn't really work like that. Like you're playing like trash. Like you're playing like dog shit. Like you're you you should be playing like a team that's hungry and that's trying to beat people. Like, where's Khalil Mack? Like where where's where's the team? Like, where's the points? Why are you scoring points? But I'm interested to get your take on it. For Matt Nagy to be self-satisfied at this point is a real indictment on him. And if I am the Chicago Bears, I'm wondering if I made the right decision. Because this is a terrible 5-2 and two team, like you just said. And let's be real here. You, he, you heard Brian Greasy Monday night talking about how he had a conversation with Nick Foles about how Foles has to tell Nagy that these plays will not work, <laughs> that he is calling for him. Because you know what? Nick Foles isn't Patrick Mahomes. Nah, Matt, what else you got? What? what else you got, Matt? Matt, yeah. get time out. Time out. No. <laughs> time out. But we're out of timeout. Oh, fuck. I'll take the flag. I don't no, care. you can't Boy. tell me that Mitch Trubisky wouldn't have been able to do what this guy did on Monday night. Come on. Oh, no, Trubisky definitely could. Jay Cutler could have done with that. And Jay Cutler could have walked off the street. Brian Greasy could have done you know? that from the booth. Exactly. exactly. Brian Greasy has been retired for like 15 years. Like, suit me up, coach. I can Let's get you three this. points. I can get it. There we go. I, I may get you 14 for the other team, but I'll get I'll you get three. I'll get you three. Oh, my God. But as far as Cam goes, you're 100% right. He can't go to the bench. No. He's got to stay in no. there until he's physically unable to continue. It's almost like a UFC fight when the, you know, the, the guy's being pummeled and the ref has to step in. Like, that is the situation. Like, until he can't physically go, he's got to be in part, there. But the other cause... part that's good is, like, he's not blaming anybody. Like, he's not blaming his coach. He's not blaming his players. He's like, it's me. Like, I need to play better. And if I don't play better, I understand that I cannot play here. So, I mean, hats off to him for not, like, trying to point to anybody other than himself. You know, unfortunately, it's kind of like – and this is why I thought he was going to do well. It, it reminds me of the Carolina Panthers the year that they went to the Super Bowl because he – you know, he really wasn't surrounded by that great of talent. And, he, you know, he did have, you know, two really good running backs. You know, he had Olsen. But I'm just trying to say, like, he didn't have top 10 players. You know, he may have top no. 15 or top 20, but – you know, a lot of what they did was because of he was just the best athlete on the field every week. Um, and I, I, I think if they don't win this week, they're sellers. They're going to have to just 
just start just start trading people and 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 let and give Cam the option. Say, listen, I gotta play Jared Sidham because we drafted him a couple of years ago. I gotta see what he what he's got. I gotta see if he can you know be tradable. So I, I'm gonna go to him and I'll give you the option. You can back him up or I can cut you. It's up to you. And I think that'd be the respectable thing to do. And let's be real here. The whole thing was that Cam was playing for the next contract anyway. This right. was just to prove that he can play. And it started out great, but uh, his quarterback rating is starting to look at my bank account. It's going the oh, wrong it's way. Bad. Yeah. And it's bad. It's absolutely bad. And But the one thing that he's got going for him right now is the positive attitude yeah. and the coachability. Yeah. And people will take a flyer on Yo, that. He wants to people be there. Not take a flyer. I mean, he wants to be there. And he wants to win games. Yeah. And he wants to be successful. But it's almost like the flip side. Like, like if, if the Bears were in this situation – you wouldn't play Nick Foles. You got to get Mitch Trubisky out there because he's the he's the asset. He he's the value. You you trade up for this guy. Like put him in there. Like even if he sucks, let him play. I mean, right now the Bears are actually playing for something, but it's possible that they don't win another game the rest of the year. Like they'll. I mean, lucky for them, they get to play the Lions. But oh, and the Vikings. They probably they probably and the, Vikings. Beat the Vikings. They ain't beating the, the the Packers. You know. No. No, not unless something catastrophic happens in Green Bay. But, um, yeah, Nick Foles, you know what? It was a good idea on paper, but you got to play the games. And Trubisky, we both knew that Mr. Trubisky stunk, and we came to that conclusion that it's really the the GM just trying to wipe the edge off Yeah, I mean, let's look at their next upcoming games. They got the Saints this weekend. They're going to get killed. Then they got the Titans. They're going to die. Then they play the Vikings. They have a chance to win that game. Then they're going to play the Packers. They're going to lose that game. Lions again, the split. Texans win. So, yeah, they have a chance to actually play. They actually have a chance to go like 9-7 and seven or 8-8, eight and eight, surprisingly. So, yeah. Bears. But with, the team, with, that, with that roster and the expectations, you know, that's a failure. It's plain and simple. It's a failure. And you know what? Kudos, speaking of failures, this season will end up being a failure for the Patriots. I didn't think that was going to happen from jump, but you know what? Kudos to Belichick for taking it like a man. Cam Newton's taking it like a man. You come back next year, hopefully COVID is gone. Your entire defense comes back, and you know what? Maybe get some skill position players around Cam, give it another They also need speed. They don't have a lot of speed. They don't have a lot of guys that can take the top off of defense. And not that that the Patriots – uh, needed that in the past, but it gives teams another dimension to worry about. Like, you know, people are right. keying on Cam now. He's missing wide receivers by a large margin. Like, you weren't – and Julian Edelman's not there. I don't know how well this guy, Nikhil Harry's really worked out for them. I don't think he's he's been the first, you know, the first-round pick they expected. But I read no. somewhere also that Bill Belichick hasn't drafted a Pro Bowl player since like 2013 or 2014 that's pretty bad bad. it is pretty bad that's a really bad track record you know you know what track record that sounds like the new york jets and speaking of the new york jets adam gase has finally ceded play calling to dowell log but at this point does it you know i thought it was kenny log right exactly does at this point doesn't even matter it doesn't um i don't they're all gone at the end of the season. So 
whatever you want to do, you want to do fleet flickers, you want to you want to let the cheerleaders coach, whatever you want to do, just have <laughs> fun, you know, it doesn't matter. And the worst part is is that really the division is up for grabs this year. Like there's no world beaters. I mean, Buffalo has shown the last couple of weeks that they're vulnerable. New England's two games under 500. Miami's turned to Tua and you can't win a game. You're 0-7. Try anything. Gosh. See if Vinny Testaverde's available. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just, it's pathetic. It is just absolutely pathetic. Like, Adam Gase must hear the people at the gates with the pitchforks and the torches, and he's hoping that I'm just going to give them this little bit of olive branch. I'm going to give them this little nugget and hope that they'll get off my back. That's not how it works. Football is a results-based business, and you got to deliver, and you haven't delivered. That's why you're going to be out on your ass. And you may get one. You may luck into one. Week 17, you know, people call off their dogs. You might steal one. Congratulations. Enjoy that pink slip. Yeah, I mean the numbers. The numbers are awful. They're they're bottom of the league and everything. Perryman, they can't even keep him on the field. He's out this weekend with a nope. concussion. Jameson Crowder's like, my knee hurts. I'm not playing. He's <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not playing. It's you, like I'm out till the give trade deadline. An option at this point. He's like, yo, do you want to play? Nah, man. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Like, uh, again, they're a team where it's like, see what you have. That's the other thing. They don't even have any assets. They don't have any players anybody would want. You know, maybe you could work out a deal with the Falcons. Maybe trade Sam Darnold and get a draft pick or something. I don't even know. I don't even know if that's possible. But Well, you know, Gardner Minshew, they just found out that he has several fractures in his thumbs. Put the dude on IR. Let Mike Glennon take the beating and trade for Sam Darnold. Oh, yeah, Mike. Just do Mike, something like Mike that. Mike Lennon is definitely going to be taking the beating next week. It's not in oh my, my mind that that poor man, he's, he's actually working on his life insurance policy right now because he's going to be thrust into action. Like, Gary Michu's mobile. Like, he can get out of the way of things and he can run all over the place. Yeah. But, oh, man, are they in trouble. They're, they're in deep doo-doo, 100%. But you know what? Not as deep as the Jaguars. Yeah, and you know what? That, that's you know amazing. what? The Jaguars went into this season knowing what they had. Like, they already said, we're trading Fournette. We're going to try out the rookie running backs and see what we get from here. We got two stud wide receivers. We'll roll with that. Garner Mitchell can throw the ball more than 40 yards. He can play. You know, and then the Jets, are, I, I don't know what they were thinking, you know. Their highest paid Obviously, Taylor's thinking. didn't opt in, and they're – best offensive weapon wasn't given the ball and he left town <laughs> yeah and and now trevor lawrence has covid yeah. and he's thinking about going back to clemson like, Yo, and you, you know to drive me i'm going back to school covid or no covid yeah. i don't care like I, i'll go i don't know where i'll life. go <laughs> i'll go to nfl <laughs> europe what do you mean that doesn't exist I'll go. anymore i'll start my own damn football league <laughs> <laughs> I'll start playing. Speaking of guys on the move, I'll play basketball. Oh my god, this guy, this guy. Speaking of guys on the move, uh, Daryl Morey was hired by the Sixers away from the Rockets, giving them a little bit more of a, a hierarchy and a structure. So he's going to be the the 
player personnel guy. You're going to have Elton Brand as the GM, and you're going to have Doc Rivers as the coach. But the question is there. Is Daryl Morey, should he trade for James Harden? Yeah, I mean, I think you do. Uh, to me, James is one of the best players in the league. Uh, they're not going to do anything in Houston. Daryl Morey knows how to assemble a team. He knows how to build talent. Uh, Doc Rivers can coach Hall of Famers. I've, you know, I've never been a big fan of his, but you can, if you can swap Simmons for Harden in some way, and but this is going to be, you know, the Sixers deal is is going to be a three to six year process. You know, they're not, they're not another process. It's a process. It's going to be three to six <laughs> years, in my opinion, before they're able to make any noise in the Eastern Conference. And yeah, the Eastern Conference is weak, but Daryl Morey's got to dig his claws in. He's got to get his talents in. He's got to figure out how do I how do I assemble a team with this lineup? How can I coach? How can I how can I co- build a team to Doc Rivers' strengths? You know, right? Um, so we'll see what happens there. I think that do you remember Jack McKeon? Yeah, he had his nickname was Trader Jack. I think we have Dylan Daryl here because no one made more trades in his time than Daryl Morey. So he is not shy about blowing things up. He's not shy about going in another direction. But the James Harden thing is intriguing. Dealing Harden for Simmons, I mean, you're going to take Simmons down with Westbrook. Like that could that has potential because you're actually you're going to move him off the ball. So that's something that could be good for Ben Simmons. Uh, James Harden is a bona fide stud, so he already gives your team credibility. I don't know how it's going to work with him and Joel Embiid because I don't know how anything works with Joel Embiid. The guy's just well. You're just going to you're going to assume that Doc is going to be able to to coach him up. Um, you know he doesn't have Kevin Garnett talent, but he no. if you can get him to play more like Kevin Garnett did, where you take that top of the key jump shot inside the three point line. And, you know, you, you work with your back to the basket, hit your fadeaways, get rebounds, get him out of the three-point line. That's just not – that's not going to work. And to think this was yeah. a team that really – what, they were with win one or two games of going to the finals two years ago, you know? There were two bounces on the hoop. There were, there were two little bounces from that Kawhi jump. So we know they can compete, um, but – I think yeah, if you have a, a different chance, team though. If you have a chance to get a guy like James Harden, go get him. Go. Yeah, but James Harden isn't Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's a closer. You know, James Harden is a he's great at handling the ball. He dominates the ball. And that may cause a little friction. Well, let's you know, real. like James, he's gonna have to go back to pre-Westbrook play. Yeah, I mean, well, let's be real. Like James Harden, um, I'm sorry. Jimmy Butler is a basketball player. James Harden's a scorer. There's a difference. There's a big difference. 100%. You know, um, so I think Philadelphia needs to find ways to get guys that can score and that yeah. play, uh, play a high level of basketball. Um, I think I'm not really – I've never really been a big fan of Ben Simmons. 
So I think moving certain people have that appeal. They're interested in him because he's like a six, seven, six, eight point guard, but he can't shoot. No. So what good is it? Well, I mean, we, we said it on this broadcast before magic Johnson was labeled the same way and he developed. So with the right coaching and maybe Steven Silas is the guy, the new coach in Houston, he was just named, I think Thursday, you know, maybe Steven Silas can unlock the potential of Ben. That also might, that also might want get, (laughs) might get lead to James Harden wanting to leave town. I'm not sure he really wants to play for him. Oh, yeah, it becomes that. Yeah. That, that becomes an issue unto itself. But other guy, there is one guy good thing. that came onto a coaching staff is Mike D'Antoni just became an assistant coach with the Brooklyn Nets, which is really interesting that he'll be coaching under uh, he'll be coaching under Steve Nash after all their uh-huh. success in Phoenix all those years. Uh, it's interesting that D'Antoni was even able to get a job because he's kind of like the he's that coach that you know if you want to win games you hire Mike D'Antoni but you don't hire him to win championships. Uh, right. I don't really see him and Kyrie meshing very well. I don't see him and Kevin Durant meshing very well. Uh, but it looks like they're trying to build like the Brooklyn Net, the Brooklyn uh, Suns over there because they have a lot of former Phoenix uh, personnel players. Yeah. That's true. And Amari Stoudemire is yeah, also on the coaching staff. Yeah. So we're we're running it seven seconds Let's or less. Go. Whether you can keep go, up or go, not. Go 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 go. I can't breathe. No, keep going. I'm dying. Faster, damn it. Oh, God. But Kyrie, that's it's going to be glorious watching this. It's going to be such a train wreck. And Kevin Durant's going to have his six-burner account defending the Knights that he's the coach, you know? Because, you know, there is no head coach. It's just like everybody's going to have a right. It's like Little League. But it's – it's going to be a shit show in Brooklyn. And, you I'm know, excited. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm excited too. This is going to be, this is going to make the Knicks look stable. And they better win. They got to win. I mean, you, you have yeah. to win and you have to get to the NBA. If you don't win, if you don't get to the NBA finals and all your guys are healthy. Oh boy. A hundred percent. And you know what? You got rid of Kenny Atkinson for this. Kenny Atkinson had a good resume. Like you, you better deliver, or else. I mean, all twenty-two of the net fans <laughs> are probably going to revolt. But uh, you know, it, it's going to be a disaster. You need to win. You, you're you haven't played a game together, but you're in a must-win situation already. That's it's a great. That's insane. It's a bullshit or no shit. We're going to debunk this week's most controversial sports topics right now. Great time to transition into our new segment called Bullshit or No Shit. (laughs) So we're going to take the controversial topics of the week and we're going to either call bullshit on it or agree and say, no No shit, shit. this is the truth. First one up, bullshit or no shit. Mike McCarthy's job is safe. I'm going to go bullshit on that one. Uh, not unless he can show he can coach on both sides of the ball. They got lots of talent in Dallas, but they also got a lot of bad contracts. Um, so I don't see him coming out ahead on this. It'd be, it'd be really funny if he's one and done after this year. 
Well, I'm gonna say no shade. That was yours, by the way. We found a good. <laughs> we found a good cow. That's great. Uh, I'm going no shit on this one, just for the simple fact that he's down to Ben DiNucci. Who? Hey, Paisan. Good for you, man. You get you get a starting quarterback job. But they got rid of Griffin. They got rid of Poe. They got Mike Nolan's probably going to be the head that rolls. And that's going to pacify people at least for a year. And then they'll give him another shake with Dak Prescott. <laughs> um, okay. So bullshit, no shit. Browns will be better without Beckham Jr. I'm saying no shit on this one. Odell Beckham, for as talented as he is, he's a headache. He's in that very diva wide receiver, get me the ball, Keyshawn, Michael Irvin mold, and taking that out of the huddle, it opens up some other guys. It opens up Landry. It, you can run a two tight end set now with Njoku and Hooper, and you know what? You can kind of vary up who's going to get that ball. And you're running the ball with Kareem Hunt anyway. So I think it's fine. I think they'll they'll Baker Mayfield still throwing the ball, but I think they're going to be better because they won't have the additional headache. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, no shit on this as well. I think it's one less mouth to feed. Uh, they they've they've been a very balanced football team. Um, they could actually catch the wild card if if they can prove that they're the th- the third the, the third best team in that division. They might be able to catch it as long as they keep beating. Um, teams like the Bengals, the Raiders, if they can win this weekend and really prove a lot. Yeah. Next up, bullshit or no shit, the Falcons will win seven of eight and make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go bullshit on this one. Uh, Atlanta will win seven of the next. Uh, it's it's just too hard. They have the Bucks. They got the Saints. They have the Raiders, the Chargers, and Chiefs. It's just too much. You know, if they're lucky, they might win, you know, a, a few of those games, but they're not going to win seven out of eight. No way. Absolutely not. They, that's complete There it is. Cooperate with me, Cal. Thank you. They have the Chiefs. They have the Buccaneers twice. They have the Saints. They have the Chargers. We went. You went over it. There's. I mean, they could lose the bye. Like this is <laughs> the only winnable game I see. The only one is a definite winnable game is next week against the Broncos. So it's too tough of a schedule, and they buried themselves early. I'm going bullshit on this one. All right. Uh, Bullshit or no shit, LeBron will sit out the start of the season if it starts on 12-22. So just to give people a little background, uh, there's a proposed 72-game season starting in eight weeks. Uh, The other alternative is a 50-game season starting in January. Both scenarios, uh, players will be required to pay three to four games a week. Back to backs, possibly staying locally to place, uh, possibly staying locally to play a series of games against teams that are close by. Uh, so uh, you have bullshit or no shit on that? 
And also to give it context, this isn't LeBron's idea floating it out. It was actually Danny Green who said that in an interview. And you know what, Mr. Green? I'm going bullshit on this one. LeBron James is going to show up. (laughs) Exactly. LeBron James will show up when the lights are on and it's game time. Because that's what LeBron does. At this point in his career, there's no point in doubting LeBron James. So I'm I'm calling bullshit on Danny Green. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Danny. I'm gonna I'm play devil's advocate here. I'm gonna say uh no shit. Um, you know, they don't they just finished. Uh it's gonna be hard for a lot of teams that were in the bubble towards the end to just come out with their stars and play right away. Uh LeBron will be there to pick up his ring, but I don't think he's gonna play uh, I think one of the things that he I, he probably will agree, he likes the idea of probably coming back in January, late January. And if he did come back, he probably would only play one or two games in January and then relax again. Again, he's getting to be an older player. Um, he's got to rest his tires. The NBA season is long. It's a long – and the playoffs are even longer. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say no shit on this. I don't think he's showing up. Yeah, honestly, I don't even think it's going to it's going to be out of his hands anyway, because I think they're going to come to an agreement that they're going to play starting in around Martin Luther King weekend. So, you know, and more power to them. They have their puppet commissioner. Right. The players are going to get what they right. want and they might even get a raise. Out yeah. Of it. So who knows? The, the, the whole thing, the reason why they're trying to start in December is they don't want to lose the TV money. Uh, they're trying no. to recover what was lost and they're also trying to build up a good a good revenue stream for this year. So I totally understand where they're coming from. Now on the flip side, you have a lot of teams that haven't played since March. So, and then there are teams that got kicked out of the bubble early. So there are some teams mm-hmm. that have a decent amount of rest, but your better teams, they're still recovering from a long, you know, bubble experience. That's true. And you're also not integrating free agents. You haven't had the draft yet. You really not. I mean, it's really going to set – you're going to have a very truncated time to put a team together, and that just has a bad idea written all over it. I'm getting hungry over here. Should have cooked up some dinner. And if you're looking for a new cooking show to binge, check out As You Eat It on YouTube, hosted by me, Chef Z. I invite you into my home and show you what and how I cook when I'm off the clock as a chef instructor. You're going to learn fun recipes and creative methods to empower and inspire you in the kitchen and take it to the next level. Cook how you want to cook. Eat how you want to eat. Eat as you eat it. That's as you eat it. Available only on YouTube. AZ, you eat it. Check it out and let's get cooking. So now we're going to see what's cooking this weekend with our pick segment. Last week, I was eating five. Not bad, not bad. Not bad at all. I went, uh, I believe I went seven and six. It was not a great weekend. And it didn't start off, this week didn't start off that great because I thought the Panthers were going to (laughs) win. Well, so shows you what I know, boys and girls, because sometimes the better team loses. Well, I've got a lot of upsets this weekend. So first, I'm going to start with Bills over Pats. I think they actually lose this game and fall into two and five land. I can't see 
the Buffalo Bills losing this game, the way the Patriots have been playing. The Patriots have been a thoroughly disappointing team, and I never thought I would use that word to describe a Bill Belichick coach team, but it's they are disappointing. And if the Bills get their head on straight and the moment isn't too big for them, they can put their foot on the throat of this division and take it to the yep, house. Bill, I'm taking their the chops this weekend. Um, <laughs> I got the Titans over the Bengals. This isn't going to be fair for Joe Burrow. He doesn't have Joe Mixon. He's not going to have John Joe Ross, out. who apparently Joe Mixon's out. I think Joe Mixon isn't Joe Mixon. Uh, I know he was I out last week. Practice. I don't know if he's going to play. I, this I wasn't week? sure if they actually declared him out yet. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious. I mean, as of right now, you got to go as if he's not playing. That's true. Of course. Yeah, Sunday is going to be Sunday may present something different, but as of right now, you got to go as if he's not playing. So you got a healthy dose of Gio Bernard for his 39 yards. Joe Mixon is and out. John... He's out. He's declared out. Oh my gosh. Oh. Oh, oh, oh man. Rest in peace, Joe Burrow. Oh man. That's all but I just got. Just to give Joe Burrow credit, Joe he has looked very good this year. He's really No, he he has, but he doesn't have a complement of players around him other than AJ Green, Tyler Boyd. I mean, John Ross is openly saying, "If you're not going to play me, trade me." So I'm with him. I mean, on that. for me, no, that I'm, has New England. That has New England. All I'm 100 with him on that. Like, get me out of here. Like, you have enough. You got AJ Green. You drafted this guy over here. Get me out of here. I, I don't want to play here. If you don't want me to play. I don't want to play. Honestly, if I'm the New York Giants, but like, you need a, a deep threat to go with Slayton. I call him up. Like, what what could he possibly cost at this point? So wait, so you're taking you know? the Titans. I'm taking okay. the Titans. Poor Joe Burrow. Rest in. One of my upsets is I actually have the Browns beating the Raiders. Is that really an upset though? Yeah, I mean, I would think so. Like, you think you think the you think? I, I mean, on paper, the Browns are a better team than the Raiders. You think so? In my opinion. I mean, Josh I Jacobs so. is I mean, one of the best players in the league, isn't he not? He is. He absolutely the is. But then you have – I don't know. I, I, I don't know. There's a, lot of, there's, a, there's a lot of talent accumulated on the offensive side of the Cleveland Browns. The problem is the rudder of that ship is on backwards. You know, if Derek Carr was on the Browns, they'd be a hell of a lot better than they are. So uh, that being said, I am taking the Raiders to beat the Browns. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, I guess you're right. The Browns are the Browns are five and two, and the Raiders are three and three. But um, they're the Browns. They can't escape their history. Right. right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, All right. So you're taking the Raiders. I got the Raiders. Uh, In a really, really good football game, I have the Lions beating the Colts. (laughs) You have the Lions. I picked the Lions to to contend in this division, and I'm taking the Colts. <laughs> Makes sense. Like I just, you know, I'm just the bloom is off the rose. Like I just can't do it, man. But um, if Philip Rivers again plays well, it all boils down to quarterback play for this particular game. Philip Rivers cannot turn the ball over. He just oh. can't. If he does, they <laughs> lose. If, but I got him. I, I have the Colts win. Yeah, a couple of easy layups. I mean, I think we both have the Packers over the Vikings, right? And yes, we both, and it won't no, be close. We both have the Chiefs beating COVID. And it won't be close. <laughs> All right, so here's an interesting one. I actually have two a time beating the Rams. That is an interesting one. 
I have Aaron Donald making his acquaintance with Tua multiple times. With his foot or his shoulder pad? <laughs> Whichever. You know, it, at this point, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is that they're going to have a chalk outline on the grass for Tua Tungavailoa. I'm taking the Rams. I mean, Tua will probably will make a couple of stunning plays. He'll make a couple of rookie bonehead mistakes. This is first start. Like, that's par for the course. And the Rams, I, I don't see them gagging like the Niners did. So I'm going to take the Rams. Okay. Um, uh, I'm interested to see where you're going on this one. I have the Steelers beating the Ravens, and I'm a Ravens fan. And I, I was shocked when you said that before. I'm like, dude, you really? You're you're a Ra- you're a Ravens I fan. Do. But I, I like honestly, I'm taking the Ravens. I I think that you know they have Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe. They're going to get to the quarterback. They're going to get to Ben. They're going to force him to make mistakes. And you know, last week was not the most stellar outing. And this is a great rivalry game. And honestly. It has the potential to be game of the week. I'm taking the, the problem I have is the I, the passing game for the Ravens is is really brutal. So brutal that they had to sign Des Bryant to the practice squad. Um, I just think that hasn't played yeah, two years. I just think the Steelers are more of a complete team at this point in the season. They'll probably wind up splitting, but I think in this first meeting, the Steelers are going to get the best of them. Um, I got an easy one here. I got the Chargers over the Broncos. COVID's hit the Broncos, I think, a little bit too. Yeah, I mean the Broncos are are undermanned, and Justin Herbert's the real deal. Um, I'm not I'm not gonna say it's a blowout. It's gonna be probably within seven to nine points. So I'm gonna take the Chargers on this one. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, Saints over Bears. It's not even close. <laughs> yeah. Even without Michael Thomas, isn't it's it's. No, same. This one yeah. was a tough one for me. I actually think the 49ers are going to beat the Seahawks. And I, you know, I think that sounds weird, but I, I just have a feeling that they're going to win. I did not like how the Seahawks ended last week. I did not like how they played. Defensively, they suck, which is crazy considering the fact that this is the same team that produced the Legion of Boom. They are so far removed from that. It's crazy. Russell Wilson's yeah. going to get his, but it's not going to be enough. The Niners are going to take this one. Yep. Um, and then I got the Eagles over the Cowboys. Mr. Danucci, <laughs> if I may, Paisan to Paisan, do something to get hurt. Just get, get out of there, man. Just get out while you still can. The Eagles are going to win this game. Okay. Uh, and last but not least, and probably very easy for you too, I got the Bucks over the Giants. This hurts me. This hurts me on many levels. They got no shot. The Giants have no earthly shot. The Bucks are finally hitting their they're hitting their stride. And they haven't even played with Antonio Brown yet. That's scary. <clears throat> and Daniel Jones cannot hold on to the football to save his life. No Devontae Freeman, so you're probably gonna see Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman played okay. He's not going to play okay enough to keep Tom Brady off the field. Is a blowout. Yeah, big time. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast Friday nights on the Anchor. Um, stay 
stay faded until next time. Thanks for joining us, guys, and we will see you soon. Take care, enjoy your weekend, and bet responsibly. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars, leave us a review, turn on subscription notifications, and tell your friends. Spread the word, spread it wide.